we have um, the, the head pastor of Jesus Lifehouse, and uh, they're in Tokyo. Actually, the story about them, some of you guys have heard Pastor Rod speak before, either at our services last year at the ENI conference, but they, it was about a group of Australians in 2002, if I remember, went over to Japan just because they said, people in Japan need Jesus, and we got to do something about it. And in those past 10 years, they've been able to plant churches. I think it's probably about 10 different locations. Pastor Rod will confirm all the different areas, not just in Japan, but in other countries as well. But the thing that's most amazing is a few years back, we kind of came across them. Uh, I think Mike Kai introduced us to uh, Rod Plummer, and we came across them in Japan, and I wanted to check them out and see what they're doing, because we have a heart for Japan, and we're trying to, to learn how to best reach that country that seems like on the outside they have all the modern conveniences and have everything together, but 1% of them out of the whole country even know anything about God. And so we said, we, we need to figure out who's over there and who's in the mix. And we went, and what we saw was not just a church trying to be a big church, because we've seen that before in Japan, but a church that's planting churches all around, but their main interest is in discipling the local Japanese people to not just be discipled, but to disciple others who are discipling others. And they're starting small groups all across the nation, throughout all of their churches, and it's really about the people taking Jesus to their friends. It's not like some big show in town. And we're just blessed and humbled and amazed to be working with them. We're actually been doing some stuff this weekend, partnering, if a possible, Lifehouse Honolulu location might be sprouting up in the next year or two. So we're going to be all about supporting that. And we're just trying to let our church collaborate with them and be a resource to them and just work for the kingdom. Amen? Amen. So I hope that you guys would put your hands together. Rise to your feet, please, as we welcome Pastor Rod Plummer. Come on, give it up for Pastor Rod. Thank you. That's good. That's great. Let's praise the Lord, shall we? Let's give God, Lord, thank you. Thank you, God. Amen. Uh-huh, uh-huh, come on. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Please be seated. What was that rock riff? What was going on? Come on, this is Hawaii. This is Hawaii, this is cool. Well, uh, it's a great thrill to be with you guys and the 7 o'clock service. You guys are good. I mean, I'm thinking 7 o'clock service, sleepy. This is 7 o'clock, awake, alive, full of God. Come on, give yourself a hand. Come on. Seriously. Seriously, this, this service could be the powerhouse of this church, really. This is, this is it. This is good stuff. And uh, just such a thrill to be with you. And um, we, we uh, if you've never met us before, never met me before, we, um, we're Australians. Did, did you know that? And uh, I can use my really Australian accent if you want, but you wouldn't understand too much. So this is, this is my neutral Australian accent. This is the good one, all right? So... Uh, I could, I could speak like Bruce the Shark in uh, Finding Nemo. G'day! Uh, it'd be funny, but you wouldn't understand it. So uh, <laughs> I'll go back to my international English. But uh, we've been in Japan 10 years, my wife and I, and our two little boys went to Japan 10 years ago. Uh, we'd been pastoring in, in both Thailand, where we planted churches, and in Australia, we um, pastored there for many years and had a great church. But um, God changed our life overnight with a vision that, that, that my wife received from God of a huge wave of God going to move on Japan. Not, not a, the, the tsunami that we saw last year that destroyed so much, but God's wave that's going to bring the, the love of God over the nation of Japan. Isn't that good? 
Because Japan is a nation that um, did have a move of God after World War II for about, they call it the seven golden years, where there actually was a lot of good things happening from 1945 to 1952. A lot of Japanese became Christians, a lot of healing, a lot of miracles. But since that time till now, very little evangelism has been that successful. So the churches in Japan are very old churches, full of faithful, wonderful people. But uh, unless there's a new move, the church is actually going backwards right now. And um, so we're part of a new wave of churches that, that honor the old, honor what went before, but we realize we have to reach the new Japan. Is that right? We have to, we have to go out and tell the people about Jesus. And a lot of people say to us, oh, Japan's so hard. And I say, how many Japanese have you met? And they usually say none. And that's a pretty bad basis to make a judgment on a nation. When we go out and meet the Japanese every day, we find them so cute. We find them so nice, so polite. There's actually some very nice values in the society, the uh, biblical values. We're not saying they're Christians, but there's biblical values that God has put in their hearts for this generation that if we go and tell them about Jesus right now, there is an interest. Isn't that good news? There actually is an interest to know God. There is an interest to know that they're... They are significant, that, that there is a God who made them, that there is a God who loves them, there is a God who died for them, there is a God who rose again, there is a God who wants to intervene and help them in their life. There's actually a lot of, lot of interest in that. And so we get involved in their lives and, um, oh, we've had such a great time. And I, um, in a moment, I'm going to show you a couple of very short videos. One's two minutes and one's one minute of two of our new converts. Would you like that? And it's going to be subtitled, you have to read the actual English in it, but just get a feel of their heart of young people, and both of these young people you're going to see actually came to Christ through gospel music, black gospel music, and um, using that form in Japan has been very effective. It started with the movie Sister Act, about, uh, what was that, 30 years ago, I don't know, 20 years ago, whatever years ago, with Whoopi Goldberg and that whole, that whole movie back then, there was actually real interest in Japan and it's been a, 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 a real opening for the gospel. So Japanese are up there singing, you know, the, we love the Lord and, and we say, do you know what you're singing? Oh, no. <laughs> you know, the blood of the lamb, do you understand what you're saying? No. And, uh, but there's an interest in singing because it feels good. Isn't that amazing? Just because it feels good, it makes them feel better. And then finally they start asking questions like, what does it mean or why, what are we singing and, and many of those people are becoming Christians. So we've got a couple of short videos. One's a guy called Kai and um, a newer Christian. He was a bit of a wild boy when he came in but uh, he really loves God and loves singing for Jesus. So here's Kai's story.当時僕はライブハウスやイベントを中心に歌を歌ってました。人気が欲しい。ライバルで勝ちたい。プロデューサーに認められたい。頭の中にあったのはそんな言葉ばっかりで。いつしかそんな自分が嫌になっちゃって
これは神様でありイエス・キリストという存在だということを知りました昔の自分は他人そっちのけで自分が目立つことばっかりでも神様を知ってからはみんながみんなそれぞれ輝きを持っていて一人一人神様の計画によって個性的に作られている勝ち負けじゃないんだということを知りましたゴスペルを歌っている時みんなの輝きが見えます喜びが見えますゴスペルそれは僕にとって神様の存在を間近に感じることができるもの今日このゴスペルを通して僕が感じているものも本当の喜びをもっと多くの人々に知ってほしいなって思っています Yeah, isn't that good? <laughs> And、uh, I'm going to show you Fumi's story. A young lady called Fumi also was、um, touched by gospel music. And、uh, when she gave this, when we saw this video in our church, she was singing in the church that day. And so she was watching her own video. She had tears running off her face as she watched her own story. So I hope it'll touch you as well. This is Fumi's story. からの心ない一言だった傷ついて心を閉ざしてしまったそれ以来自分に自信が持てなくていつも人の目を恐れて生きてきた私はどう思われてるんだろうどう見られてるんだろうってそして常に自分に聞かせてたのはもっと頑張れってこともっと頑張って自分に自信をつければ何か変えられると思ったもっと自分を好きになってあげられると思ったけど結局自分の殻から引きこもった生活から抜け出すことができなくてただ苦しかったそして悲しかったそんな私がゴスペルンであったのが4年前神様とかイエス・キリストとかよく分からなかったけどゴスペルの歌詞が不思議と心に届いた歌ってる時は心が解放されて自由になれた硬くなった心が溶かされて涙が出てくる温かい励ましと喜びを感じた歌ってるほどにそれが神様から来るものだと確信し私はクリスタンになったゴスペルを通して私が受け取ってきたものそれは神様の癒しと愛とそれから希望今まで埋められなかった心の穴をようやく埋めることができたゴスペルが教えてくれたことそれは私は失敗作じゃない神様の最高傑作なんだ過去の痛みを手放して今私が私であることを心から感謝してるだから他人に認められるための姿でなく神様が作ってくれた通りの私になりたいもし今日教会でゴスペルを聞きながら何かあったかいものを心に感じたらそれは神様から来たものなんだと信じてほしいそして周りからの言葉や評価価値観で自分を形作らず神様の愛で素敵な本当の自分を見つけてほしい
Uh, do, you think, do you think we're having fun in Japan? Come on. <laughs> we are having a ball. We are having an absolute time of our lives. And um, we're just so thankful to Hope Chapel that you really do collaborate with us in Japan. Isn't that good? And, um, you know, uh, there's only a few churches in the world that I really go to and I feel that I'm totally at home. This is one of them, actually, Pastor Carl. We really feel at home with you, and uh, we've got a lot of history together now with the homestay young people, and you enjoyed having those young people? And, um, you know, so, some of those have come here, especially from here, have got saved and have made a big difference in our new church in Sendai. And um, so thank you again for all your generosity and love, and uh, just keep praying for those homestay. We've actually now taken between here and, and Australia and New Zealand, and some in Tokyo, we've brought in 300 young people now. Isn't that amazing? 300 young people. You give the Lord a hand, that's amazing. And um, out of those, about 50 have made a quality decision for Jesus Christ already. So give the Lord another hand, that's amazing. Um, so we are collaborating, and, and, and what we're doing here in, in Honolulu, um, Pastor Ralph and Pastor Carl came and saw my wife and I in Tokyo and said, we, we really feel that you need to consider well, they, they probably said nicer than that, but that, that maybe you could consider um, starting a church in Honolulu. And I said, Carl, why would we do that when you're there? Uh, and he said, because you can reach the Japanese and, and a bilingual church. And so uh, the funny thing was, it was already in our heart. And it was the most amazing thing to, to go through. There's a few other things, but um, yesterday we had a, a barbecue out in Magic Island. Is that what it's called? And uh, we had, uh, with your people and our people we brought, we had about... 80 people there, among whom there was 50 Japanese. Can you believe that? 50 young Japanese and seven Koreans and three Chinese and, uh, and an Australian. And uh, actually two Australians. And um, so, so just the concept of reaching out to Japanese here in Hawaii is a, is a major concept. And a collaboration between Hope Chapel and Lifehouse is probable. What do you think of that? Probably, give, yeah. Um, so I just want to thank you guys and, and for having vision there with us. So we just want to work together. And uh, as I said, we really feel at home with you and want to thank you so much from our hearts. We want to share a message today which is called Your First Day in Heaven. This is changing gears altogether. Let's go to the Word of God. Your First Day in Heaven. And um, the, the reason I, I, I want to share this is I, I've realized over the years I've heard very, very few messages about heaven. And yet, it is such an important part of our faith. Um, I got saved at 19 in Sydney. I was a fireman and, uh, back then. And I was fit back then. And yes, I was. And uh, uh, had hair back then. Anyway, um, uh, uh, back then. Uh, that's 34 years ago. Amazing. 19 years old. I'm now 53. But um, I'd, I'd been in a big fire situation, a big factory fire. It was a, a paint factory. And there was thinners, big barrels of thinners inside and they were going up like bombs boom boom and we were outside me and two other firemen on a fire hose and as a fireman with a very very large hose large nozzle we're told you never ever 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 let the hose go have you ever seen a garden hose with a lot of pressure and it goes like that well the big hose does the same thing and it'll kill anybody where that big copper head hits anybody at high so we're told you never let go of the hose and and all of a sudden on this factory fire it was hot and it was going boom boom inside and my, my uh, there was a big crack came down this the the the, the brick facade in front of us and we're all going oh my goodness I was not a Christian at that time I was far from God I did not have any interest in God really uh, I was actually into other 
religions and other spiritual powers. It wasn't good, but that was where I was coming from. And my commanding officer came up and said, I'm worried about that wall. If I give you the order, drop the hose and run. And we were told, you never do that. You never, never do that. And within 10 seconds, he'd run back to us and said, run! So me and the other two firemen let go of the hose. We didn't know what happened to the hose, but as we ran across the road, the, the, the factory exploded. This boom! And it was like... Like we're, in, like we're in the Matrix, you know, running across the road and it's brick. Anyway, maybe not, but um, time, time goes very slowly in, in those sort of moments and you think about it and um, we got across the road. All three of us were unharmed. Not one brick, not one bit of fire touched us. All three firemen were on the other side of the factory was going up and it was all happening and I sat on the curb on the other side of the road. I was wet, drenched from the, from the water and hot and, and, and thinking, what is my life? What if I died right now? And as a non-Christian from a non-Christian family living a very bad life, I knew I wasn't going to heaven. I knew that. I knew I was probably going to go to hell. To, uh, and uh, it started me on a search. It took me six months to actually find Jesus in my search. And it started with that night and then meeting two real Christians. Now, I'd met Christians before that had no joy. And I was not interested in Jesus because I met Christians that had no joy. And I thought, well... Whatever I've got is as good as what you've got. Uh, but when I met these two Christians, they said, Rod, you're starting to search for God. Would you read about Jesus? And I said, you know, I probably heard about that when I was little. Probably not. And, but I'm, I'm glad I had these two friends because one of them was able to challenge me and say, well, you're talking about seeking God and uh, we want to give you a Bible. Would you read the Gospel of Mark? Read about this, this person called Jesus. And I said, okay, because you're my friends, I'll read the Gospel of Mark because of Jesus. And um, isn't it, it's good to have good friends, amen? Hello, yeah? I'm sure most of you are here today, either someone led you to the Lord or someone discipled you, but somebody played a part in your life. Absolutely. Is that true? Somebody. And we need those somebodies, and we need us to be the somebodies. And, and these two somebodies in my life said, read the Bible. I read the Bible, not on my iPhone back then, 30 years ago, but um, on my paper Bible. I read the Bible about Mark, and I, I became really attracted to Jesus. And I thought, man, I've never, I've never known this. I didn't know this. I'd heard some of the stories maybe through something, obviously been to some Christmas events or Easter events in my life, but really never read about Jesus. And the more I read about Jesus, the more I wanted Jesus. After six months of searching, that was now different. I believed in Jesus, but now I didn't want to give up my sin. It was a different issue. And I went to, finally went to church with these two friends of mine. They finally uh, told me, please come to church. And um, I finally came and it wasn't my style of music. I was into heavy metal and this was very, very soft music and nothing wrong with it, just not my style. Is that all right? You understand? Just a total culture shock. Walked in there, small church, nice people. The message wasn't great, didn't really relate to me. I didn't think it was that great, but here, here it is. God was now tugging on my heart. Come on. The search had been going for a while, and I know you're there, God, but you know what? My own sin. And in this church that day, it was just now, it was just now uh, irresistible. And at the end of the service, I stood there. People walked away from me. I was alone, and I just looked up to heaven and I said, "Now." And the evil, because I was full of evil spirits from years of being involved in the occult, and the evil spirits were boom left my life in a second. Never to come back. Isn't that good news? We serve a risen Savior. Give the Lord a hand. And the power, 
I just felt the, I, I didn't know anything. The power of God came on my life, started my head, went right through me. It was like a, a waves of fire and waves of love. And I, 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 just, I just couldn't believe it. And it was actually April the 1st, April Fool's, all right? So, and I ring up some of my friends and I said, I have become a Christian. Oh, good April Fool. But I really had become a Christian, and um, the change that happened in my life. And as a 19-year-old searching for God uh, in, in dark things and then finding Jesus, one of the things that got in my heart was the concept of heaven. Now, heaven in, in, in literature and in, in artwork around the world, uh, it's not very interesting to me. The artwork that we get from the Middle Ages, Michelangelo, beautiful artwork, don't get me wrong, incredible, incredible artistry, but the picture doesn't interest me. Young guy, surfer, fireman, living this life, looking at artwork where you're on your own personal cloud. Hello? And then there's Carl on his personal cloud over there. And it's sort of ethereal, and we sort of, somehow our clouds get together somewhere, and we sort of touch each other, and... Uh, Hey, Carl, how you doing, buddy? Really cool. And uh, heaven's awesome. Yeah, see you later. And that cloud sort of, we've got a carps, by the way. And, and there's little angels in the corner with arrows. And uh, the artwork doesn't interest me. And so one of the things I wanted to do was look at what is heaven really like? Because if I want to go there and my heart's got to be there, uh, I've got to understand it, right? Yeah? So I call this your first day in heaven, and I want us to understand that heaven is not like that. You're not going to have your own personal cloud. You need to get over that, all right? You're not going to have your own personal harp. I, I, I actually would like another instrument, you know, get, get Fer, Fergie up there and uh, a few others, and uh, come on, let's, let's have a praise session. And I discovered that heaven was very, very different. I'm going to read you 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 52, and uh, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church, a good church, but with a few problems, and he says to them, listen, I tell you a mystery, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Isn't that good? We will all be changed in a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed there is a change of reality when we close our eyes in the last breath on this side of life we close our eyes to this reality we open our eyes a moment it says in a flash we open our eyes to a new reality and a reality that will go on forever and ever and ever whatever our destination is heaven or hell we will be there and we will be awake in an instant and we can't go back and the bible says jesus taught on this very clearly you can't go back and so we need to get heaven in our hearts because when we get heaven in our hearts we will start to live for heaven hello if you've got a false view of heaven then it's like yeah let's go there that's cool yeah want to go there rather than hell but when we get a, re a reality check of how good heaven is i don't want to go there today okay hello I don't want to go there today, but I want to go there because it's going to be so amazing. You're going to wake up to a new reality. Heaven is full of Jesus. Heaven is full of nations. Hello? Hello? Heaven is full of nations. Look around Hawaii and look at the nations and say heaven is going to be a little bit like Hawaii, but without the pain and the suffering. Amen? Heaven is going to be full of Filipinos. Any Filipinos here? Are you Filipino? You are. Great. He heaven is going to be full of adobo, chicken adobo. And uh, heaven, any, any Chinese here, yeah? You, you, you have a problem, Frank. Anyone from South Africa? 
Didn't work that time. Okay. Heaven is full of nations. Going to be full of Australians doing a kangaroo jump to Jesus. Hello. Going to be full of Japanese. Going to be full of sushi. Yeah, come on. Any Japanese background people here? Woohoo! Come on. Going to be the freshest sushi you've ever had. Come on. Whatever your favorite food is going to be in the lamb's, lamb's feast in heaven. The fav- our best drinks that we like and juices, all the mango juice I want to eat, drink in heaven. And um, Come on, it's, it's all about reality stuff. It's about a new reality of relationships. When I wake up in heaven, when I open my eyes, because heaven's going to be full of Jesus. And then I want to say, okay, now where's my lovely wife, Viviana? Amen. And I want to say, where's my, if my boys are dead at that time, where's my, where's Monty and Richie and Carl and Frank and, hey, come on, let's search out some friends and, and let's have some of this food together and let's have some of this drink together and let's have some of this music together and let's have, let's tell some stories. Heaven is a reality and you've got to understand it. You're not going to be sleepy. You're not going to be sleeping. It's not going to be ethereal through a dream. It's going to be as real as you sitting in that chair right now, as real, as real, as real. And you're going to wake up to a new reality and it's going to be no pain and it's going to be no sin. Come on. Is that good? And it's going to be relationships and Jesus. And the Bible says in Revelation 1, let's have a look at what Jesus looks like today. Revelation 1, the hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. Ooh, that's scary. His feet were like bronze glowing in a, in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. I don't know what that means, but it's good, right? I mean, it's sort of like a waterfall. It's just beautiful sounding. There's this, there's this resounding, beautiful sound coming out of Jesus' mouth, and we're all there going, oh, yeah, I'm glad I'm here. In his right hand he held seven stars and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. This guy is alien. (laughs) Jesus is different than we remember him on the cross. You've got to understand that. This is not Jesus on a cross. This is resurrection Jesus. This fire, this brilliance, this voice, this disappearance is so scary It says here, this is the Apostle John, who was the one that Jesus loved. The human being that was closest to Jesus, right? And here he is, the closest one to Jesus. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Now, I've heard some Australians say, oh, yeah, when I get to heaven, I'm going to say, g'day, Jesus, how you going, buddy? I said, no, you're not. You're going to go, hey, Jesus, oh, on the ground. Falling down because of the new reality. The new reality of being in the presence of this amazing, incredible God, now in resurrection power form. And by the way, the Bible says this same power dwells in us by the Holy Spirit, yeah? Hello? Come on, get into this. Come on. I preach better when you get into it, all right? We've got to get what I call kingdom glasses on. Here they are. There are Christians living without kingdom glasses, and they're doing okay. In fact, they're doing better than me, because I probably would have been doing, doing as good as them if I didn't have an understanding of heaven. Did I say that the right way? If I lived a life thinking that heaven was okay, I'd live a life here on earth thinking heaven was okay, and I would make decisions thinking heaven is okay. But when I get an understanding that heaven is unbelievable, 
and I put on the heaven glasses, which is what Jesus said the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. And the stories of Jesus are saying, hey, come to the big. Whoa. And Jesus spoke more about the kingdom of heaven than any other subject. It was his number one subject. It was his number one parables. It was his number one teaching. He went around, the Bible says, telling about the kingdom. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. You've got to understand the kingdom of God. Parable. Kingdom of God is like this. With your finance here on earth. Use your money like this because you've got to have kingdom understanding. Of this life and the next life and how it operates together. You've got to have an understanding of the reality and the bigness of heaven. Now, your first day in heaven will be a waking to a totally new reality. Point two. When you wake up to heaven, the first day in heaven, you will realize this. You'll realize who is there and you'll realize who is not there. Now, we here on earth do not have a clue. Well, we do have a little clue based upon scripture and based upon people's, you know, confession and lifestyle, etc., etc. But in the end, we are not the judge. We are not the one who understands. In Japan, I keep saying to my team, when you go to the street tonight and share with a hundred young Japanese, you will not know the one who will become a Christian. God will not tell you. He will not give you a hint. You will have no understanding. It is totally random. You will not understand any of the process. You just have to tell them about Jesus. Hello? And it's the same in Hawaii. You have no idea, no clue of who's going to come into this church and get saved. The person you meet, the week before I became a Christian, I told you the time when I became a Christian and the power of God came on me and the darkness left. The week before that, one week, seven days before that, my two Christian friends said to me, would you come to church? And I was so full of evil spirits, I shook and I yelled, no! Seriously. Seriously deranged person. And yet those two friends a week later had the audacity to ask me to go to church again. Can you believe them? rude how intolerant but the fact that they love me and a week later they said rod would you come to church this week and i went okay because that's the way non-christians are friends it's random it is so random you got to understand the randomness and that god will never tell you who's going to get saved and who is not going to get saved he will never tell you that he will never tell me that our job is to tell people about jesus amen amen Our job is to be faithful and live a life that people would actually say, wow, there's something in your life that's actually attractive. You've got joy. You've got joy in the storm. Come on. You've got, there's something, even you've got the same problems as us, but you've got a bit of joy. You've got a bit of hope. You've got a bit of, what is that thing? Friends, we don't know who's going who's gonna to turn to God. And, and, and the Bible says here, Jesus in Matthew 7, 23 says, uh, people, many people come to me on that day and say, didn't we do all these things in your name? And listen to his words. He said, I never knew you. The issue of heaven is that our hearts knows his heart. And his heart knows our heart. It's all about heart to heart. Amen? Amen. It is about heart. It's not about religion. It's not about a lot of stuff, it is about heart to heart, open heart to open heart. And Jesus said, many will say, we did all this stuff, why can't we come in? And Jesus said, there was no relationship, no knowledge. I didn't know you, you closed your heart. You closed your heart in such a way. And yet there was other people going to be in heaven that are going to absolutely surprise us. Luke 23 verse 40, the two criminals, one on each side of Jesus as he was crucified, one criminal, well, they both did the wrong thing. They were both probably murderers. 
One criminal cursed Jesus and said, if you're the son of God, why don't you save us and save yourself? The other criminal spoke to that criminal and said, don't you know what's happening here? Don't you understand we're dying? And this man in the middle of us is the way to heaven. Amazing, eh? And he turns to Jesus and he says, Jesus, will you remember me? And Jesus said, I tell you this day, you'll be with me in paradise. What a surprise. What a surprise. I've got a friend in Australia who's a pastor. He, he, became, he got saved in a car accident as the car was spinning through the air and it was going to crash. It hadn't yet crashed. It was over in the air and he knew it was going to crash. He'd heard the gospel and had turned his back on it. But in the air, again, slow motion moment, he said, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. And as the car crashed, it crashed as him as a Christian. In that moment, he lived and he went on to be a great father and, 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 and husband and pastor. But in that moment in the air, he's called on the name of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? And that gives us hope with older people and some young people. And it, Friends, this is random. It's not random to God, but it is random to us and it will remain random. You've got to understand that. You won't know. You will not know. You will not know. Our job is to tell people the love of God. And the funny thing is in Japan, as we go to the streets and we meet all these random people that have never heard about Jesus, out of that crowd appears one person or two people and they come back and they say, you know, I'm actually looking for something in my life. We have one person uh, come from a country. He was a, a dancer, a hip hop dancer. And I think he'd won a competition. He's coming to Tokyo and he's actually in, in commercials right now as a hip hop. He's in beer commercials. Isn't that awesome? It's good, yeah. Beer commercials, and there's that guy Teru up there. And Teru came and to Tokyo. He saw our street team singing. Hey, Jesus! Didn't never heard of a Jesus. Walked up, met Brandon. You met Brandon on Friday night, some of you, and uh, met Brandon. And Brandon said, "Hey, bro, hey!" In Japanese, and um, and the guy went, "Hey, what are you doing? Hey, we're Christians. Hey, okay, see you later." And he he walked off. Not not angry, not upset, but just. That's cool. 20 meters away, he said something, something touched him. And something in his heart said, you need to go back. And he turned and he came back to Brandon. And he said, tell me some more about what you're saying. That young man came to church and within three months became a Christian. Isn't that good? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Friends, because of heaven, we need to tell people about Jesus. We need to tell people about Jesus. We don't know who's there. The third point, I've got four points about your first day in heaven. The third, third point is this. You're going to hear your first personal word from Jesus. Because Jesus loves you. Is that right? Yes. One, Frank, you believe that? Yeah. That's great. Anyone else believe that? Yeah. Amen. And you know, God's going to have a word over your life. God's going to have a word over my life. And we've got to understand this, that this is now about, as Christians, waking up in heaven. It's actually going to happen and we can get ready for it. And here, the first word we want to hear from Jesus is Matthew 25, 21. His master replied, well done. Well done. Now, I'm a father, and I love saying to my, my boys, well done. Uh, whatever, in whatever way that comes. Could be a pat in the back. Could be a phone call to my son as a way to say, good on you, son. But as a father, I love to tell my boys, you're doing good. You're doing good. You know, I, I say to my boys every day, I love you. And when they were little, love you, daddy. When they were teenagers, 
love you, son. Uh, they didn't have to say it back to me. That was okay. I, that wasn't the expectation. But I just carried on. Love you, son. Love you, son. And now that they're older teens, they're starting to say, yeah, love you, dad. And uh, that's, that's their business. But for my part, I just love the fact uh, when they do a good job. I just love, I just love to, to verbalize. Do you know we live in a world where there's not much verbal encouragement? I don't know about Hawaii, but in Japan, it's zero. In the workplace, there's just zero encouragement. When you say to a young Japanese something encouraging, they're like, hey, you did a good job. They always go, yeah, which means, no, I didn't. And we have to teach them to stop saying that and to start saying, arigato. Start to receive, receive the word. Anyway, that's a different issue. But I, th- I think that a- a- as leaders, we need to be encouragers, amen? amen? We need to be saying things. It doesn't need to be a lot of words. Could even be nonverbal, as in, you know, good on your buddy. Well done. What's your name? Clinton. Clinton. You're a great guy, Clinton. Well, thank you. You're a great guy. Just a touch on the shoulder. Just a, a, a whatever it is. A girl, a girls, you know, touch. You know, I haven't got girls, but I, I guess it's it's a it's a nicer. Hello, sweetie. I don't know. I haven't got girls. <laughs> I got. Uh, I got boys. All right. We do football hugs. Uh, and uh, anyway, I want to hear Jesus say, "Well done." Don't you? Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things on earth. Come on. Do you want to hear these words? You've been faithful with a few things on earth. Well done. Well done. But there's more. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Now, I think that we have got some stuff in us from God, such as ambition, competitiveness, desire to achieve, desire to be significant, desire to leave something behind, and it's from God. Now, that can get out of order and be called selfish ambition. But I believe true ambition is a godly factor. Men here today, come on. Men? Talking to the men? Men's conference? Ooh, ooh, yeah, okay. We do that in Japan too, yeah. Samurai Christian men, come on. You've got to use that aggression for good. You girls, you've got to use whatever's in you in competitiveness and desire for good. Because God's going to say, what did you do with what you got? Well done. You've been faithful with a few things. And I might think, well, actually, I've been faithful with a lot of things, God. I've been pretty faithful with my wife. In fact, totally faithful with my wife. Just to let you know that. (laughs) Next month, 27 years of marriage. Totally faithful. (laughs) Totally faithful. I've been pretty faithful as a father. I've been pretty good. Not perfect, but pretty good. I've been an okay pastor. I've done it for 25 years. I've loved the people. I hope I haven't done much wrong. And, and, uh, and God, but God's going to say, you've been faithful, Rod, with a few things. Now come be faithful with many things. And the thing of heaven is the thing of what you're doing here on earth that's significant will be multiplied. Multiplied. And if you're not doing much good right now, you better start doing it. Because if you haven't got much, that will be multiplied too. You know, zero times zero equals what? Zero. One times one equals one. But as soon as you get to two, it starts increasing. Two times two equals four. Now, I'm not talking about doing works to get to heaven. Is that okay? We're in heaven. We're in heaven. This is about the after, the waking to a new reality. And the fourth point coalesces with point three. Point four is understanding what I built on earth and what I will receive in heaven. Now, as a 19-year-old, didn't know much about God. I got this. I actually, I actually read those scriptures and I understood I am now living for heaven. 
I did understand it. It actually changed the way I made decisions. It changed the way I actually married my wife in the end. It changed a lot of things because as I put on the big kingdom glasses, and anything kingdom is big, amen? Yeah, come on. If we're living a, a, a little life, we're living without kingdom glasses. If we're living a personal life for me and just me and my family, I'm living a little life. Nothing wrong with that, but it's not kingdom. Kingdom is saying, now I understand. This life is short. This life is good. But this life is short. And the things I do now, when I awake, I awake to this reality. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, their work in heaven, this is for Christians, all right, Christians, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what? has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though there's only one escaping through the flames. I want to live in such a way that gets me to heaven. In other words, following Jesus with a relationship. But I want to understand that this life is short. The Bible calls it a breath. Kingdom glasses makes me understand that, that, that life is a breath. It's a good breath. It's a one, I love my life. But it's a breath. And then there's, there's eternity that goes forever and ever and ever. And basically, that's why we went to Japan. Because we said, how is it that a people group have never heard about Jesus, never had a chance, chance to hear of the things of heaven and living on heaven a little bit here on earth? And we went there with a heart to make a difference in Japan. So how do I live now? My last scripture, 1 Corinthians 15. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Whenever you do something, do it for Jesus. Amen? Whatever you do, can you come and help me on the keyboard here? Whatever you do with kingdom glasses, I realize now it's bigger than this life. I realize that living for kingdom means that I am blessed and God does take care of me because Jesus said your father knows all you need. The kingdom living is saying, God, this one life. And there's a little poem that a, a man who gave his life for Jesus in South America, he just said this little, little poem. He said, only one life will soon be passed and only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life. There's no reincarnation. There's no coming back. There's no rewind. There's one life. And I want to live it through kingdom living. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? And... Um, your first day in heaven is going to be a new reality. It's real. It's not a dream. And it will be the beginning of a new. And I would like to say to us, come on, let's live this one life for God. Nothing you do for God is in vain, the Bible says. Now, we're not doing works to get to heaven. Is that okay? But now I re realize I'm going to heaven. I want to do something for God. I want to make a difference. I want to reach a life. I want to tell someone about Jesus. I want to pray for someone. I want to encourage someone. And some of you are thinking, well, my time has passed or I've missed my moment. No, no, no. While we've still got breath, let us do something for Jesus. Let us do something. Let church be a, a, a coaching time of getting ready to do something significant. And in our age and stage, in, in our time, some of you wrote, stood this morning about being veterans. God bless you. But it's not finished yet. There's someone else to touch. There's someone else to pray for. And if we have that attitude, I tell you this, church will get better. Do you know why it gets better? Because we got better. Because when we come to church with kingdom glasses and we start to worship, it's renewing the vision.
It's renewing the sense of team and the sense of purpose and the sense of significance. It renews within us again. Amen. It renews again and again. And we hear the Word of God. It renews again. And and journaling, reading the Word and and praying. It's not about your God. It's about, I want to replenish. I want to replenish the vision for living for God. Are you with me? And I believe this church is a great disciple church already. But I believe this church could be could be an incredible, I don't know how to say this, a, a, a center of amazing world blessing. Seriously. Seriously. Amen.